And the guys at the seminar were saying that, that the girl that they learned it from, like she was driving Ferraris and stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, I thought we could talk about your experience with grid trading and using EAs to like get rid of your emotions, so-called emotions around trading. Yeah. Um, what's your experience with that and how did it work out for you? Yeah, yeah. So the way I found out about it was actually the one and only trading seminar I ever went to. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about it, you know, that, that, that was one of the strategies that they discussed, they, that they talked to the two traders that were kind of in charge of it during the, the time. And uh, it was funny because, you know, I, I was at the phase where I thought that my strategy that I had, it was actually making money. When I went to that seminar, I was actually making money. And um, I thought that the strategy that I had that I was using was the one they were going to talk about. I don't know why in my head I had it like, the, the, you know what I mean? Like this yeah. was the strategy. And so I thought, and, and it blew my mind because they talked about things totally different, like grid trading. So for those that don't know what happens with grid trading, you, you layer these orders on and you can do it directional or non-directional mm -hmm. where, in other words, you could buy, have both stacks of buy trades and stacks of sell trades. And the big thing is um, when it goes kind of like a grid. So when it goes from one level and cashes you in, it goes up and then it gets to the next level where it cashes you out, but it also gets you into another trade, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have these distances really wide, like 50, 25, 100 pips apart or more, or you can have them really tight, which is like kind of what we, we were taught at the seminar. And that's what I did. So I traded, so they were trading it on the pound yen. So, okay. So when you figure that, when you want to say you want to do grid trading, and the guys at the seminar were saying that, that the girl that they learned it from, like she was driving Ferraris and stuff. <laughs> okay. So yeah. let's just set that up as a context. So, I was, okay. you know, like I said, I was making money with my, my strategy mm -hmm. and it was really exciting. And so I was like one of the only persons at the event that actually were making money because you know you have lunch and stuff and you talk and chat and stuff. But I still wanted to try grid trading because it was so interesting. So I did it on the pound yen. And it's really funny because it's like one of those things where we were kind of banking on the pound yen going up. And at the time it was going up, right? Mm -hmm. But then it totally crashed. <laughs> and it was like two months after the seminar, right? It totally yeah. tanked off, which means in grid trading, you're going to have a couple of trades that you just took at the top that you're holding when it's underwater. And mm -hmm. the whole thing about grid trading is what do you do with those trades, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the defining, yeah. Yeah, so to make a long story short, I eventually stopped trading the, the pound yen. Then I got into the Aussie end because you kind of want a pair that you have a reason to suspect. It's, well, at least I, in my thinking, I wanted to have a pair. We had a reason su to suspect it was only going to be going in one direction. And that's what they were doing with the pound yen. They were basically just buying it. And with my Aussie yen trade, like a year later or whatever it was from that seminar, I was doing the same thing. I was just buying it. But my trading buddies and I had figured out that instead of having stop losses or instead of getting out of our trades, we would just have a few options running. So that would be a put option, right? Yeah. So we had put options so that if we did get stuck with a few of those trades and we were trading three pip grids. So every oh. three pips we had, yeah, I know every three pips, we had the, the stacked orders, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I think we had like four or five options, something like that, or maybe it was only three or four, but we were basically anticipating that we get spiked 
and we'd have like maybe a couple of trades. Oh, and our grids weren't such that we would get in at three pips and we get out at three pips. I think it was we would get in at three pips and we get out at six or something like that. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of an overall. See, there was even more risky than a normal grid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and it was working for about three weeks. And then after by the fourth week into the fourth week, it was actually less than a month. What happened was my broker, who I totally adored mm-hmm. and believed in at the time, started slipping us. So instead of making, you know, where it was six pips on the, the grids, the grid trades, like from three, you get in three pips here and then you get out, you know, the second, you know, two more grid touches later. We weren't getting six pips on our winners. We were getting like four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is it just ruined the profitability of it. Basically, they were slipping us on entry. So that's kind of how they did it. The, gro- the broker did it. Mm. But it was fortunate because this is, again, the hilarious, like Forex is crazy, man. <laughs> what, <laughs> what happened was we, so I stopped trading the grid because I'm like, guys, this isn't working. Because I was like the main man that was running the, you know, the operation and the other mm. guys were just, I don't know, like the money behind it. And so I was like, dude, I was like, this is, this is not working. Our profitability has gone way down because we're getting slipped on entries. And I'm worried that if it spikes and then falls, we're going to get caught with a lot of trades. Like it might slip us on exits too. And, you know, our options might not cover it and this and that. You're always going to take a loss. Even like the way we calculated it, we were going to take a loss, even if we did have to execute the options. Right. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the point is I decided to pull the plug on it because of the slippage. And guess what happened? You're never going to the broker that I had the options from, it was one of those brokers. We were just, it was a different broker from the, where the trades were. So it was two, two different accounts. Uh, he took off, like he was one of those brokers where like the broker folded, mm-hmm. the brokerage folded and the, the, the head dude took off with the money. <laughs> so we got out of that broker before that happened. And we actually had significant money in the account, like client money and stuff like that or whatever. It wasn't my money. But the point is we were really lucky, super lucky. So, so. Long story short, I think that grids can work. Mm-hmm. Your choice of broker is really important. It's probably going to be best that I've seen people talk about using like wide grids, like 25 pip grids and stuff. I almost think that would work better, but you, you could do really well with a directionless market, like say the Euro Swiss or something, or the Aussie Kiwi, if it's kind of just stuck going up and down, you could just have a directionless grid and, and grids love that stuff. They eat that stuff up when it goes up and down and up and down. I mean, yeah. it just cashes in all day long. So I think it's definitely a potentially viable strategy, but that's my experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky that I got out of it alive because like I said, we could have had big problems with that. Just losing the one, the one account on the option side, that would have been, that would have been a big hit. Yeah. So yeah. So that's my, what about you? Have you done it before? Yeah. I've been experimenting with it, but just to go back real quick. So yeah, just to clarify, you're saying that you were trading Forex in the retail market, right? And then you were trading options in the futures market. Is that right? No, no, they were they were forex um, spot oh. options or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay, cool. Yeah, I I would name the name of the company, but I've kind of slagged them, and uh, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we could have done both with that broker, like they, we could have done spot and we could have had options there, mm-hmm. but they were just oh, I know, because we wanted the EA, so we needed a MetaTrader. We needed a broker oh. with MetaTrader. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why we did it, but it also just kind of felt safer to me to have like them separate, you know. Yeah. Kind of like when you run the the carry trade, the free money trade, where you have like two accounts and stuff. I don't know. It just kind of felt like that. Mm-hmm. Like you were trying to trying to balance it out, like make sure that you know you had these options going. So think about it. As price goes up, 
and it was going up on the Aussie end for us, your options are an expense, right? Because you have to keep getting these options as it stair steps up. So, mm. you know, that eats in your profits. And while we had slippage and we had these options eating to our profits, it just wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah, viable. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how um, it ended up for me. So yeah, you're buying, buying puts with like a way out of the money. Yeah, share. way. Yeah, exactly. So you're kind right. of into, like just a few. I think I calculated that you know, we'd have like four at most. We'd be hung with four open positions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, that I wasn't comfortable actually taking the losses. Hindsight, you know, if you had some really good rules around it, might be a better option. I don't know to just take Mm -hmm. the losses, you know, but I I do think they are viable for sure. Uh, Potentially, you just it's just the whole thing is what do you do with those, you know, those few big losers that you're going to have because you are going to have them. like how long do you let them, you know, fester before you dump them and, you know, all that stuff. That's to me is the is the meat of grid trading is the rules around that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you ever think about getting back into it, like you said, with the wider grid spread? It's funny that you said, it. yeah, I have. I have okay. like this year or, oh, okay. or the last six months. I have kind of dabbled with it. But again, yeah, I mean, it'd be something to, for a small account or something, maybe, you know, yeah. to try and I don't know. I mean, I'm not totally there, but I've been I've been thinking about it. You know, I've been thinking about it and looking at some tests and stuff, but I haven't. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, 80% there, but it is in the back of my head, you know? So it's funny that you bring it up. Yeah. Are okay. you, are you going to do it? Yeah. I actually have a good idea for like a EA. I haven't been able to program it up and test it out yet, but right. Um, okay. I think I got something. So I'll send you some ideas if, uh, if you yeah. can, and we can yeah, yeah, totally cool. ideas, but uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't really actually done anything with it because um, I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of, yeah. Like you said, you're going to get, you're going to get hung with a, few big losers right yeah so i'm like okay how do you get around that but um yeah yeah so it's interesting to hear what you what you had to say about that and how when you're trading that when you're using that how was your psychology how did you feel in terms yeah. of like you know yeah well you feel like a, you feel like a hero like when things are going well right <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just yeah. you're invincible and they're small like i should have mentioned these were super small positions so they mm-hmm. weren't even like a standard you know, half a percent or anything like that. Like, it's just, they just keep adding up. Like if you, if you ever, if you're as old as me and you ever played like a uh, super Mario brothers where you jump up and you, and you catch those coins, that's what it kind of feels like, <laughs> okay. you know, you're like jumping up. Ching, 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 ching. That's what it was. That's what it was like, you know? Yeah. So um, my psychology was, it was interesting because I was thinking about this as you're asking me questions. When you're in the drawdowns, you, in, in a sense, you kind of feel like, oh, it's definitely, going to come back right mm-hmm. Be- and remember you're trading a strat you're trading a pair where you make money on the swap so when you're hung up on those th- you know, three trades or whatever and then it falls 50 60 70 80 100 200 pips you're still kind of making a little bit of swap to to kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, make a dent in your loss mm-hmm. it's not a huge dent but it does feel psychologically kind of good and you also feel like, you know what, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. I know it's going to come back. So, you know, you get into this stage where you just, you don't want to take the loss, you know, because you feel like it's going to get back up there. Yeah. So that's why I thought this, the options were the smarter choice than kind of going by my emotions. That was just, yeah, if you have some solid rules around there, I think you'll be fine, but you got to have something to deal with that. And to me, I don't think we ever had a point where we use the options it was just an expense for us. I think mm. might've been one time where we actually decided to pull the plug. I can't remember now. And that's the other thing is, so, so let's say you have a loss. Let's say you have like a hundred thousand dollar account 
and you're making these little, you know, 25, 50 pip trades like that. Each one is just a little chiching, chiching, you know, really mm-hmm. small. Right. So, okay. So what happened if you have these options, so you would have, let's say you had three positions and you had to hold them through like a 200 pip drawdown. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you've got some pretty big losers instead of those turning into $25 winners or whatever, you know, they're, they're each of those is like a, you know, I don't know, seven, $800 loser, right? Something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it'd be about, yeah, about an $800 loser. Okay. Let's say if, if I'm saying 25 pips on the winners. So now, but remember you're paying for these options. You've paid for all these options. So the options don't exactly cover the loss, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there's a gap there and there's the gap that you've been paying for these options all the way up the ladder. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of felt like I did. I do think we did at least one now that I think about it. It kind of felt like the option wasn't doing much for me. You start thinking, should I even use these options? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. again is a dangerous thought because you, you, I think the key is this, the solid rules around mm-hmm. what to do when you're in those, you get hung up. It's crazy, man. Like, you're always like, but if you have the 25 or 50 pip grid, you might only have one, right? Yeah. In theory, you might only have one trade that you have to deal with. The advantage of those is that you have the one trade if you get stuck, but your winners, uh, you have fewer trades because you have a wider grid, but your winners are bigger because they're wider, they're you know apart. So I could see someone getting excited about grid trading in a higher with a higher you know, and then slippage wouldn't hurt you as bad if you have like 25 or 50 pip grid. So, yeah, I, I mean, now that I think about it, I want to, I want to, you know, I want, I still want to <laughs> look at it. It's, it's such an interesting, it's so different to all, you know, normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the back of my head too, I'm like, this should work. Some Something about this should work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Like it almost is, like I said, it's almost best to find like a directionless pair. Yeah. Like I could see where people would use a filter like they go okay this pair is not going anywhere so i activate the grid like i could see people doing that mm-hmm. and then it finally breaks out into a trend and then they just get there and they just dump that last trade mm-hmm. right i could see people doing that and being pretty happy or even using seasonality so they go oh well it's june july so it's unlikely that you know the euro swiss is actually going to go anywhere so we're going to activate the grid you know it's usually mm-hmm. pretty you know i could see i could see that making sense to a lot of people yeah and I guess on the option side too, you could do a little bit of stuff like maybe a some sort of credit or a break-even spread where you would cover like most of your downside or whatever. Yeah, that's what we did. We try to cover most of it. But if you try and cover, if you, the problem is if you try and cover more or or all of it, it just means your option expense goes up as yeah. as yeah. your you know assuming you're trading a direction. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's assuming you're trading a direction like a grid where you you kind of have a bias. Like we were only buying, we weren't selling. We had no sales, you know, so, but that we had good reason. There was a big wide uh, gap between the Aussie interest rate and the yen interest rate. So we were collecting swap on our trades and um, really on our losers. Like the, when, when there was a pullback, that's the only mm-hmm. time you'd ever get swap because otherwise you just get cashed out almost immediately, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So it was really, really interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of see what you did with that, but uh, yeah, appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.